and Solskjaer has won it. And you've heard that somewhere before. What a night for Manchester United. Okay, welcome to the latest episode of MUFC Podcast. She, our first guest, actually technically not our first guest. I've recorded a few episodes in Perth, but they haven't actually been released yet. So this is the first guest you're hearing from because Larry's over in Dublin drinking some Guinness. Um, but I don't think this guy needs too much introducing. He's, many of you probably do know the United Down Under podcast. Nick, how are you? Very good. Thanks for having me, Tom. No, pleasure to be here. No, pleasure, as always. Now, first, I'd say the first United Man United Australian podcast. Oh, uh, I'm not going to claim it, but you might as well claim it. It could be. It could be. You might as well claim it. Okay, I'll claim it. Um, How'd you? How'd it start? Do you think? Well, obviously, I've been a fan for a long time. Uh, I was kind of looking to uh, show how I was a fan. I guess. Uh, I thought, you know, got a lot of spare time with you know the shifts I was working at work so we've all got too much spare time so uh, why not start a podcast yeah. I recently got into podcasts uh, listening to it uh, Joe Rogan the Case File Murder podcast so I thought you know well we're not I'd, quite I've got my own we're not quite at the level of Joe Rogan not quite not I do. quite one day Tom no, I do listen to that weekly even my wife when, when we go to bed I don't want to get too intimate here but Joe Rogan just playing in the background. It's just always playing. When we go to sleep, I've got Joe Rogan in my ear. No, I, I get forced to put earphones in. <laughs> well, sometimes I do that. I'll get mixed on Joe Rogan, but then the latest you know, full-time Devils or United Stand, I've got to catch up on the transfer. Um, just about, oh, just one thing I want to touch on, which me and Larry are now finding the challenges, running a Australian account or Australian podcast for Man United, any sort of challenges you've found compared to what you see overseas by a perception, like in terms of yeah, the interactions? Definitely. definitely. Uh, I sometimes think that uh, because of the geography of it all, you know, we're obviously based here in Sydney, maybe because we're not local to Manchester, we're not kind of considered in the same sort of uh, realm as you know, the other guys. And of course, like the other people have like earned that sort of status that they have. But I do also feel like every now and again you come across a person who's like, well, you're from Australia. I mean, oh, you're, you're, you're a plastic fan. No, that sort I, I of think thing. I remember I've sat at the back of the Stratford End for a few games and the person next to me is talking, local lad from Manchester, and they don't have a clue what they're talking about. <laughs> like an absolute idiot. Like, so, yeah, it's hard finding that balance. Everyone has, should have respect for wherever you support the club from. But this sort of free ride that a lot, and I'm not pissing on any local fans here at all, but they almost get a free ride that they're a better fan. But I'm thinking, I've heard some of the stuff you've said, mate, and you're completely wrong. There is a bit of elitism, I yeah. think, from... Well, which is nat- it's a natural sort of reaction. Uh, of course. I mean, if, let's say, an A-League team here took off and a fan from, say, Canada, not to pick on any Canadians, yeah. uh, you know, there was a big following in Canada, it'd be like, well, hang yeah. on, I mean, no. what's going on here? So I can kind of see where they're coming from, but in saying that, uh, some of the support that I've had from uh, the UK has been brilliant. So, uh, thank you to all those people. No, that's all good. Um, give a quick plug of all social medias and everything. Uh, yep, so you can find me on Twitter as at United Down Under, Facebook, United Down Under Podcast, and same as Instagram. So, those are the main three, or the only three. Uh, so, yeah, catch me on that. Oh, beautiful. Now, one of the crit- not I wouldn't say criticisms. We haven't had any criticisms of this podcast at the moment. But me and Larry agree on pretty much everything. I've, not too much we disagree on. Um, one thing me and Nick have not butted heads on Twitter about, but definitely sit 
different sides of the fence is one or two things regarding Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So I'll let you take the floor and what is your, I'd say, concerns with Solskjaer. Sure. And we'll just go from there. So I just want to put first and foremost, I like Solskjaer. I want him to do well. Uh, I was one of the people that was supporting him when he was uh, interim manager, saying that he should be made permanent. Uh, I was actually critical of the club for delaying it. Uh, I think they should have done it at the moment we beat PSG, but they waited a bit. Yeah, so after that, that was baffling at the time, you think. If there was one time to do it, and I think they did it after two losses. I think we, or at least, uh, it was at least yeah, after so, a loss. something like that. It was right after the Arsenal game. I remember we're in the international break. Yeah. Uh, the international break uh, happened, and in the second week where Premier League fixtures were starting again, that's when they appointed the Solskjaer. I thought, probably should have done it right after PSG, but I mean, it, it might be much of a muchness. I'm not too sure, but that was my stance in the beginning. <clears throat> I think initially he was saying the right things. Uh, I, I didn't really have any critique of him. Uh, even going up until the end of the season, uh, I still thought he was saying the right things. I think he was right in saying that he was going to be ruthless uh, after the Everton match, saying that, uh, sorry, after the Barcelona match, after the Everton match, saying that. Uh, he's going to be successful, and other uh, he's going to be successful, and some of the players won't be included in that. I think that was the perfect thing to say. But now he's followed it up with, "I'm really happy with the team." Uh, he's followed up with pandering to Paul Pogba, who I would sell in a heartbeat. We'll get to that later. We'll get to Paul Pogba later. Sure, but we'll stay on Solskjaer. So I think he's basically undermined himself by taking this hardline approach back in April. Maybe jumped the gun a little bit. Maybe he hadn't probably talked to Woodward and you know the board uh, to really know what the plans were come June, July, August. But if you're going to come out in April and say we need to be ruthless, and I think it's reasonable to assume that when he says ruthless, he's going to get rid of the deadwood, you know, the Rojos, the Darmians, try to get rid of Sanchez. We keep forgetting Sanchez plays for United. Yeah, it's easy to forget that he's it, it, it is easy, and when he doesn't follow that up, I mean, I, I know he's not the one that's signing off on all of the transfers. I, th- I think that's the thing, and we'll, we'll continue continue on that topic. But these things he said back in April, May, that's what he said then. He's not in control of that, and we as fans know that. So what he's saying now, he does have to play a clever sort of PR game and, co- and sort of toe the company line. I cannot criticise him for that. I put myself in his shoes and I'm the manager of Manchester United. I'm going to say whatever makes my boss happy. No problem. But if that's the case, he shouldn't have said what he said in April. He says that people are emotional and I think that's a bit where you could tell that was the truth. That, or I wouldn't say the truth, but that was his true emotion back in April. Mm-hmm. Where we all say things after a loss. We say things a hell of a lot worse after a loss than what Solskjaer did. So that was his true emotion, which we all felt at the time. I can understand why he did it, but think to the psychology of the players. But do you you think the players get the same message, what we see in a press conference, do you think the players get the same message on the training ground or in the dressing room? Probably not, but I think in the public eye is the most important thing. For some players it might be, yeah. Um, I think if they're getting a public backing from the manager, and if you're Marcus Rojo, I, I think personally, sorry to interrupt you. I think personally, it wouldn't make too much of a difference. But from an agent 
a negotiation and contract point of view, that public that public issue might be hold more weight, which as you say. I think there's a few players in the squad who are journeymen. I don't think they really care about the club. I don't think they are over the moon to be playing for Manchester United. I think we're convenient for them. I think we might have been a stepping stone. I think we might have been a step up from where they were playing. They're probably on more money at Manchester United than what they can get at any other club. And they don't really want to leave. They probably don't care about playing time that much. But, that, but that's where... I mean, if I'm if I'm Mateo Damien, I'd be... Hell, he's still here. Uh, I'd be on player strike. I mean, I, I know that's a bad thing to condone, but after two and a half years of trying to leave the club, I would not turn up to work anymore. Well, by the time you're listening to this, we have played in Norway, but again, so I don't know who we're playing in Norway by the time you've listened to this, and the result's obviously been out. But Lukaku and Damien haven't travelled, so it looks like Damien might finally leave. Well, I Can't hope so. Still. I, I think that's best for every, for all parties involved. But, I mean, what kind of message does it send to Phil Jones, who, you know, he might play well for six games in a row, and the seventh game, there's but, a but catastrophe. I, but I think that, which was, will definitely come with Phil Jones, you won't find any disagreement from you there. But that positive message, or that positive backing for a player, as you say, might mean a lot to a player being said in public. We care about what happens on the pitch. Is that is beneficial to the player. That's what we want. We want, regardless if the player's put to stay or go, when he's on that pitch, we need that player to feel good and have sort of good feelings towards the manager. We can't have a manager coming out in a press conference like Jose, which I was a fan and not a fan at times of Mourinho, but he publicly bashing a player. That's not helping anyone. Look, Sir Alex Ferguson said that Phil Jones has the potential to be the next <laughs> Duncan Edwards. And Te- technically, I agree, and I remember that. Technically, he didn't say that. But uh, I agree, and, he, he, did, he did allude to it. In the same breath... He alluded to it. In the same breath, he, he, the same breath he said he's got the potential to be the best Manchester United yes. player ever. He did allude to it, yeah, so I yes. agree. But this so this if, quote if, with Phil Jones... If he gets a rap that big, yeah. that was back in, what, 2012? We're now in 2019, yeah, 12, 13, and we've been served with seven years of shit from the guy. I mean, if a rap like that is... Have isn't... you seen his pre-season? It's unbelievable it, pre-season. Oh, <laughs> you want to put too much weight into pre-season. Against Leeds and Perth Glory? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if a rap like that isn't going to inspire the most out of him, I don't think Solskjaer is saying, I'm happy with the team, and, you know, as a blanket, that includes Phil Jones. I don't think that's going to do too much for him. I don't think we're going to see a tremendous improvement in his form because Solskjaer has said that. Right, so just to sort of... Sorry, I think it breeds mediocrity. Yeah? So where do you... So just to sort of start wrapping up this topic on Solskjaer, what would you like to see from him in terms of that perception in terms of press conferences and interviews, do you think a change of approach from him is beneficial to the player or beneficial to us on the pitch or is there anything different you want to see or? I think last season proved that these players aren't necessarily the best professionals. I think that means that we need a manager in the Jose mould who is really going to challenge them, make them get their head down and work hard. Playing Mr. Nice Guy in the public eye, and I'm really happy with the team, and all this stuff that he's saying, it is purely pandering to them. And it's, I mean, short term, it might be effective in getting them to play well, but I mean, at the end of the day, this is going to end in tears. Maybe this season. Well, speaking of ending in tears, which one, if you had to pick, sort of Jose Mourinho publicly bashing the players, or, or Solskjaer? Sort of, as you said, pandering towards the players. If you had to choose one, which one are you going for? Jose, 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 
we need characters in Manchester United who can take that sort of criticism. And if they weren't, you know, playing poorly or making uh, bad decisions I think, in the first I think place, a lot of what, Jose wouldn't be coming out and saying. No, I think a lot of what Jose said at the time is now, which we sort of knew deep down with you was true at the time. But as fans, you sort of you want to be positive and you sort of brush it to the side and you say, "Well, Mourinho's in the wrong." Now, a lot of what he was saying sort of has come true. Um, you just don't want to believe it at the time. Yeah, of course. Um, now, you didn't go, you didn't go yeah. too much into it. I think some of that included Pogba, yeah. and I think we're kind of seeing that now. Well, speaking of Pogba, we'll move on from yep, Solskjaer. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. And Ag- agree to disagree on Solskjaer, I think. Oh, I think it's not so much agreeing and disagreeing. I think we both sit firmly on different sides of the fence, which is agreeing and disagreeing. But I think we see each other's side of it. Um, now, on Paul Pogba, the Frenchman, we disagree as well. We see each other's side of the argument with Paul Pogba, but your issue, go. My issue is that he's toxic. What is this? Show me a shred of evidence about this toxicity he brings. Uh, undermining the manager. I mean, the way that he plays. I mean, he's only bothered half the time. He prances around like he's God's gift to Manchester. <laughs> Talks publicly about leaving. Uh, he was offered to Manchester City. We know that. Pep Guardiola came out. Mino Ariola does that for all his clients. Un- under the instruction of, oh, well, we don't know of Pogba, who employs him. Yeah. I mean, agent, agents don't just go rogue. They do what they're... Rayola Ray- Ray- has come out and said he will offer to whoever gives the most money. And I think it's a natural... Of it, course, it, it's standard practice for an agent. He would go around... Let's pick a player now. <coughs> let's say Scott McTominay. Let's say he had an agent now. He would be doing his job going to Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, saying... If Scott McTominay became available, would you want him? And if he was, how much would you give him? I, uh, I don't think that happens. That, no, it is standard practice. Uh, I, 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 I mean, obviously, neither of us are well versed in that sort of field. But I, I don't imagine agents would be sounding out you know, other clubs for the players unless they were unhappy or unless their contract was coming to an end or you know, the club that you know, has them were looking to sell them or whatever. But... Isn't it funny that Pep Guardiola was the only manager that came out and said that, you know, we've been uh, offered poor yeah, that, that was don't, a, don't you think that's funny? Yeah, on the eve of a derby, I think that was a little bit... Maybe the timing was a bit suspect. Yes. Yes. But, I mean, the bottom line well, that is... that coincides with Pogba's probably best 90 minutes in the United shirt, those two goals. 45 minutes. 45, yeah, actually, correct, yeah, 45. But the bottom line is, Raiola doesn't do that without poor Pogba's blessing. Yeah, no, no I'll give you that. But, um, so, I mean, how can he be a Manchester United player with Manchester United values if he's giving his agent the green light to go and offer him to Manchester City? These values and sort of giving his all and having a 100% commitment, you take away, say he's 20% committed and he's looking at an exit door. His performance level, he's still our best player. So would you rather a person who gives 100% and doesn't have that ability or a person who has 20% of the commitment and is still our best player. Someone who's not as good with 100%. But then would you be complaining when we're sitting in 15th in the, in the league table? We wouldn't be that low. We wouldn't be well, that we're low. we're in 6th with some of the players who give 100%. We wouldn't be that low and... Oh, 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 that's an exaggeration, and 15th, I understand that. We're loaded as well. So we can always dip into the transfer market and replace them with other like-minded professionals who want to work hard. But the, the players who we're buying now, because of the club we are, are the ones who we can offer the highest wage to, who will come in in inverted brackets for the money so then we've got another case 
popular player who's just here for the money because we're the club who can sort of offer the most wages. Yeah, but I mean, we signed Ibrahimovic, who was on you know, a huge pay packet, but no one can question his commitment when he was at the club. So I, I don't think, I think it's a false equivalency to say that the more money equals player being there for the wrong reasons. I oh, think, no, 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 I, I, I think, agree with that. I, th- I think there can be a crossover of a uh, high yeah. salary and being there for the wrong reasons. Like Ibrahimovic shows. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But um, what was I going to say in regards to Paul Pogba? I had a question for you. Please. You previously wanted him gone. You, I am you, very fickle. It makes a hypocrite of me every day. Okay. Can I ask, what's made you change your mind? I've seen him on the football pitch and realised, oh, he's ten times better than any player we have. I complete, When he came out, in, was he in Tokyo or China and said he wanted to leave? I think one, he, one it was in Brazil. Uh, I think it was in Japan. He, he, he came out and said he... Not that he wanted to leave, but he said, I think it's time for a new challenge. I'll, I'll look at the possibility of a new challenge, etc. And then, like any fan said, yep, get out the door. Both me and Larry sat here. If he doesn't want to be here, out the door, 100%. You then look at how the transfer window <coughs> unfolds, and then you see him in a midfield with players who I like. Fred, Andreas Pereira, Scott McTominay, Emmanuel managed Very good players. Paul Pogba, I've played the game at a decent level. He's on a different level compared to our other players and that is where I completely agree I would love a player who gives 100% and a Herrera one of my favourite players I loved him but when you have that ability no one in our team can offer anywhere near what Pogba offers and I understand the criticisms he's lethargic he maybe doesn't put the work rate in and Herrera does not a lot of of players do Paul Pogba's the one criticised for it though a lot of other players don't run around like headless chickens Paul Pogba's the one criticised for that I just think if we're to sell it, what's next? And, and obviously the club continues to move on. We've lost better players than Paul Pogba before. But he's our top scorer, top assist maker. The players do like it or not, and again, we're not in the dressing room. We're only here for sort of player interviews, which are always going to be positive. But the players seem to love him, and you see that through just the general perception when they're walking around. I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think he is the leader of the dressing room. I don't think he's necessarily the most popular. I don't think he is loved by all the players. I always, oh, but, but, I, I always liken it back to the schoolyard, right? But, but do you think Roy Keane, do you think he would have been loved by a lot of the players? He was a leader. And I, 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 no way compared I, Roy I, Keane I, to Paul Pogba. I don't think loved is the right word. I, I think maybe respect is the word I'm looking for. I always liken it back to the schoolyard, right? You know, you, you've got all the kids in the grade, whatever. You've got your most popular kid. And, you know, it, it's kind of like they... How, how do I explain it? I, I, I guess... He's a cool it, kid people want to... He's a cool kid. Everyone likes them. I mean, you don't want to get on the bad side. I think that's the same thing in the Manchester United dressing room. Oh, he'd be extremely influential. He's a World Cup winner. He's a, on crazy money. He's, everyone wants to attach himself to their brand. His he's brand. one of the most marketable people in the game. Uh, people don't want to get on his bad side, I don't think. I don't think people want to get on the wrath of Paul Popper on the field. I mean, uh, I think it is. Okay, what does it do for the culture of the club if you're? I think I think the culture of the club is gone. Which I'd love to keep it there and be top bred. Okay, everyone played for the club. Say it's gone, but we've got the intention of getting it back to where it was. How can you do that when the dressing room has a player as talented as Paul Popper, who you willingly accept only a twenty percent output from? 
What kind of message does that send to the rest of the team? Ideally, in an ideal world, yes. He'll be first out the door and I'll get someone else in. What happened but, to what Sir Alex Ferguson said about no player is bigger than the club? This is pretty much... Yeah, this is modern football. Throw, throwing that out the door. This is modern football. If we lose our best player now, and again, we'll move on. We'll move on. We'll sign a new player. And the new player might click and pop, it might look like a great decision to get rid of him. All this ability, all this commitment, oh, sorry, all the commitment, all the effort levels. Football's football at the end of the day. You need someone who can keep the ball and put it in the back of the net. And he's that person who does that. See, here's the thing. You reference his stats for the past season. Oh, and and I'm, I reference the stats, and I'm not a big believer in stats, but it is hard to argue. Who's, who's our second top scorer? Rashford, Lukaku? Would have been Lukaku. Lukaku, who were also leaving. So you're, <coughs> he's also leaving. So you lose Lukaku, you lose Pogba. Are we in a position to be losing players like that? Ideally, if, if we're winning titles, yes, get rid of him. But the position where we're in now, sixth Europa League, are we in a position to be getting rid of quality like that? I think right now we're in a worse position than what we were at the beginning of the transfer window. I think that's more, more and more reason to keep him. No, I, I think that that's a really bad sort of attitude to take towards building the team and building a culture at the club. I think just because we've been negligent in our transfer dealings so far in the window, that shouldn't mean that, oh, you know what, well, we can't replace him properly because we've left it too long for selling and we've, you know, sat in our hands about it. So we're just going to keep him and you know let him continue to be Paul Pogba who thinks Manchester United owes him something. I mean, he, he, he thinks the sun shines out of his ass that guy. Um, anything else to add on Pogba? I think we'll try and move on, but I think we could go yeah, back I've, I've, I've got more things to say. I think <laughs> I think if we get in Bruno Fernandes, which... But do you think the Bruno Fernandes deal hinges on Pogba staying or Because that, that's the way I see it. I no. think... No. Uh, well, ideally, yes. Ideally, you'd bring him in anyway. Yeah, no. But in my no, opinion, no, I don't think so. In my opinion, I think it's if Pogba leaves, Fernandez comes in. I think Fernandez comes in regardless. I think if Pogba leaves, uh, that's when we'll see Sergei Milinkovic Savage. Savage. I think Savage depends on Pogba leaving, which is a shame. I mean, you could see a pretty good midfield with the three of them. I don't know how exactly it would work out off the top of my head, but I mean. If you go back to the beginning of the window, we could have easily sold Pogba for whatever it was, 150 million. I think that's what's the stumbling block now. I think a lot of clubs do want him or would take him, but the clubs who do that, Juventus have invested heavily already. Real Madrid, I don't think they have the money to anymore after this window. Um, it's spent 100 something million on Hazard and four other, four or five other players. So I think that is, I think, insane all that. I think Pogba, yes, does want to leave or he's happy to leave. I think United are happy to sell if the price is met, but I don't think anyone's meeting that price. No, I, I disagree with that as well. I think... With what? Let me get yeah, to go, it. Go, go. I, I, I think two of the main objectives that we should have had as a club in this window is one, get Alexis Sanchez off the books. Yeah. Two, get Paul Pogba out. And not if the price is right, get him out. So. I'm mean, oh, sure. No, yeah, sure. No, but, but, D- demand 150 million. Yeah, sure. But if that's unrealistic and teams like Juventus and Real Madrid and whoever else might be interested in him can't meet that, go to the table with them and work something out. But yeah, I mean, what's, uh, that, what's that balance though? How low are you going to go? Are you going to go to say, he's take Pogba for 20 million? No, you can't do that. No, obviously not 20 million. Yeah, I mean, no, I understand. But uh, there's, I mean, you have to get the money it's worth. You can't 
we've made that mistake before. We sold players like Raphael for like a million, two million. You can't do that. We signed him for 89 million pounds. I would sell him for anything, uh, 89 million plus. I mean, if, for example, Arsenal came with an offer for 90 million, off you go, not a problem. I mean, even though he's to the club worth 150 million, I would accept. You'd take a hit? I, I'd definitely take a hit on him. The most important thing is if we get rid of him, it's not about playing accountant and balancing the books and working out how much money we get in. And this is all going to the Glazers anyway. I don't care about how much money they get. I mean, it's, it's not career mode on FIFA where you need to try to make all the sums out together. Well, I, to I agree get... with that, but it's almost, and we have no inclination of what happens behind the scenes, but it's almost playing out like that. We almost are in a position where it's sounding like we do have to sell maybe before we sort of purchase players a little bit. We'll wait for this Lukaku deal to finally come through to get that 70 or so million before we go and it, 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 it doesn't play like that but it, it almost is I, I've seen it I've seen that be reported don't know if I oh, no, yeah, no, I don't agree with it but it's almost almost playing like that it, it seems like there's a few pieces to the jigsaw puzzle and one thing relies on another thing to happen I think the biggest piece of the puzzle is Gareth Bale I think everyone's waiting to see what happens with him because if he leaves that leaves a big hole for not a hole but a, a big spot for Real Madrid to fill yeah it could be could be. Um, Neymar as well, I think he's a big big player in this window. He's surely leaving Paris, but it's so hard to get out of Paris. Um, there's a few that, and Bogba might be part of that as well. If Bogba leaves, that'll open the doors for other clubs. Could do, but they're running out of time. Quick time, especially with the window finishing earlier, clo- closing earlier than yeah. Europe, which... In, what is it? Seven days? Ten days? Something like um, that? 8th of August. 8th of August. So, yeah, which, about ten days. Australian time is a Friday morning. It's Thursday night in England, Friday morning in Australia. Yeah, ten days. Um, well, we could continue with Pogba for another couple of days, I think. Now, we'll touch on a little bit there, just the transfers. Um, now, by the time you're listening to this, I said this last week, but Harry Maguire will possibly be announced. I have a feeling he will be. It seems all but done. Harry Maguire, yes or no? All happy with it? Satisfied? Content? Content, yes. Uh, there's no doubt that we need strengthening the centre-back. I question whether Harry Maguire is the right man for that. That being said, I do think he's an improvement on what we have. I think that's... I think that's the main thing. Yes, that's the main thing. I think we've got common ground on that. That we need to improve in centre-back, and Harry Maguire will deliver that. Uh, I don't think he's worth whatever amount's being... Oh. Floated out there, whether it's 80, 85, yeah, it looks 90. Like be, it looks like it'd be a world record for a defender, so over 75. Yeah, which I think is... Scary. Scandalous. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like we talked about before, when Ed Woodward comes out saying that you know, we can do things that no other club can do, watch this space, I mean, you're asking for inflated fees. So, and Especially when you, which we discussed earlier, when you compare to Arsenal, who came out with the opposite... Sort of oh yeah, they played a masterstroke. Yeah. Saying they've only got forty million to spend. That was brilliant. That was really good from them. But um, like I said before, at the end of the day, it's not my money; it's the Glazers' money. I mean, we've got plenty of money to spend. So I mean, I'm not going to get caught up in what the actual fee is, whether it's five million, ten million. I'm not going to haggle over that about it. Um, I would have liked to. S- to sign Toby Adebayo. He was my, he was my number one, or maybe not. I think I had him with me and Larry did a to to buy list at the start of the window, and I had Koulibaly and. Yep, Koulibaly's my number one. Who was the other one? Koulibaly and Delit. 
I had them as the top choice, but Alderweireld's sort of if I was the business side of the club, he's the one I'll go for. And I'm shocked no one's gone for him. Maybe, 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 he's, maybe he's made the decision to stay at Tottenham. And leave I don't, the I don't think so because I think he would have committed long term. Yeah. I think he would have signed a new contract. Uh, that tells me that he does kind of still want out. But as you say, I can't believe that no one's picked him yeah. up. Even, maybe, even United, it's frustrating for United, but it's surely another club would have. Maybe well, Roma were favourites to sign. Um, maybe they know something that we don't. Maybe maybe he's asking for too much money. Maybe there's you know, maybe an injury concern or something. He is 30 years old now. Um, but I don't like the argument that he's now reached 30, so... Oh. It's not worth the money. I mean, it's just just the Ian argument at the moment. People like to throw up players. John Terry won the league with Chelsea at the age of 35. Rio Ferdinand did with us when we won title number 20 when he was the same age. Vincent Company, what, he's 33, 34 now? Scoring bombs last year to win in the league. Exactly, exactly. Well, I watched on the the gym this morning. I did a half-hour run, so I watched half an hour of Harry Maguire highlights at the treadmill, and I'm convinced we're winning title number 21. So, as much as I think he is a fit Phil Jones, as you said, he's an improvement on what we have. And I think that is the main thing. Regardless of the price, we can debate all day how much a player costs or should cost. Makes no difference to us, really, at the end of the day. Yeah, no. Well, we, we watch 90 minutes on a Saturday, and he's better than Marcus Rojo, Chris Smalling, Phil Jones. So, actually, one thing me and Larry do discuss, partnership. Harry Maguire comes in, he obviously starts. If Eric Bay is fit, which at the moment he doesn't look fit, is the last time I've seen him was on crutches. If Bay is fit, is it Maguire and Bay or Maguire and Lindelof? Lindelof all day, every day. Oh, okay. No, me, yeah. me Larry sort of yeah. oh, side toward Bay if he's fit. Vic's my guy, man. Uh-huh. Um, no, and part of the reason why I like Lindelof and Maguire, if we do go ahead and sign Maguire, is one of Maguire's best traits is his distribution. Lindelof as well, really good with the ball at his feet. So I think with the two of them playing, we'll see a much more fluid side. I think we're going to see... I think it's such a big aspect of our attacking play. We can look at the defensive side of things and obviously improve that, and that's something that needs to be addressed. But so much of our attacking play, I think, stems from playing... Not, no, I wouldn't say playing out from the back, like playing like Barcelona or playing like Man City, but just the general pass and getting the ball to midfield. It's the way that the modern, the modern game is played. No, not so much. No, uh, 100%. Not so much the absolute playing out for the back, like from a goal kick, everyone dropping into the pockets and playing out for the back four through the midfield. But I'm just talking, I've seen Chris Smalling sometimes play a play like Paul Pogba or Matic in midfield. A 10-yard pass, they play him to the wrong foot. So Paul Pogba, or Nemanja Matic is receiving the ball on his right foot. Like little things like that, yeah, I, I think I mean, will make the hell of a difference. I mean, Chris Smalling is a good thing to bring up. I mean, <laughs> he pretty much throws a hip out every time that he... Makes a ten-yard pass when he, he tries to shift from his left foot. He has to play with his right foot. He circles around the ball to play right-footed pass. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really awkward, and I mean, maybe maybe it's a bit tedious to you know criticise his technique. No, well, he's a professional footballer. We're sat here, the other I mean, side of the world. Of, of course, but I mean, when he's taking an extra two or three seconds to get the ball into midfield, that time counts. Yeah. I mean, if we want to play this. You know, brand of football that Solskjaer apparently wants to play, where you know we're playing fast and and whatnot, uh, counter-attacking. I mean, the start of every counter-attack usually comes from the back. Yeah. I mean, if we've got a centre back who can barely make a pass, it's going to hamper us. So I think with Lindelof and Maguire together, I think we see uh, probably 
the tempo increase, I think we see more possession as well. Well, I, th I think that is the likely partnership, mainly because I think Eric Bay is on crutches or in a wheelchair. I don't think he. I think, he's on, I think he's on borrowed time. Yeah. I think I think he's on borrowed. Well, time. There, there have been links with Bay potentially moving on, even though Solskjaer has sort of said publicly backed him, but. There has been one or two rumours that Bay could potentially be off if the right. I've seen him link to Leon. Apparently, he had no interest in making that move. But his contract expires at the end of the season. So something to be aware of. No, hundred percent. Now the next transfer issue, which we'll discuss now. Again, I don't think so, but could possibly be sorted by the time you listen to this. The whole Lukaku slash into Juventus Dybala. Where do you sit on it? Happy to see Lukaku go, or should we keep him? I, I wouldn't say I'm happy to well, see him. Well, he's going. I think he's going, so... I, I wouldn't say I'm happy to see him go. I think it's a shame that it hasn't worked out. I think uh, the initial signs under Jose when we first signed him were really promising. But he's a Jose player. He's not, he's not a Solskjaer player. I don't think he belongs in this team. I think, I, I think Lukaku also thinks he's a bit better than what he is as well. And, and I don't have a problem with that. I mean, that's the nature of professional athletes. Yeah. Um, so I, I would sell him. I did mention that in my podcast, that I would sell him. The issue does come, who do we replace him with? I think if we sell him to Juventus and you know do the swap with... Uh, what, what do you think that if you had your, say, your choice of, let's say, say, say we get 70 million for Lukaku, mm -hmm. if you're Woodward, do you deal with Inter and get 70 million for you to spend however you like? Or do you deal with Juventus and swap Lukaku pretty much for Dybala? It might cost us a little bit more. It might be Lukaku plus... 20 or 30 million. 20 or 30 million. So it's a yeah, 100 sure. million deal. Do you deal with Inter and get straight cash? Or do you deal with Juventus and get Dybala? Well, I would have been all over. I mean, and I've said this before in my podcast. It's going to be the hill that I die on. I would snap Inter's hand off the straight swap for Lukaku and Akadi. No questions asked. I have to accept that the club don't want Icardi, so... You don't think Icardi brings some toxic behaviour like Pogba? I mean, I think things have gone bad with his wife at Inter, <laughs> but I don't think that necessarily means that things no, no, are no, going to... No, 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 United. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that necessarily means that things are going to go bad at United. And if you look at the problems with, with Inter and Icardi, they're only recent. A lot of it stems from his wife getting, you know, the things that she's saying on a gig on Italian TV. She's not going to have that in England if he was to move to Manchester. She'll probably anyway, be dancing with the stars in. Like, perhaps. A window. But, uh, it does seem a bit redundant talking about it because, uh, I mean, I'm 99.9% sure it's not going to happen. So if I'm forced to take 70 million from Inter or <coughs> Dybala plus 20, 30 million, I take Dybala. Where do you think his... I've been banging Dybala. I've been banging Dybala's drum since Ferguson's life. I wanted him over Van Persie. That shows me how wrong I was at that the time. That was at Palermo. Wow. I thought he was the player to go after. We signed Van Persie. Ferguson got it right over myself. It would have been um, Lewandowski that I would have signed. <laughs> Look, Ferguson got it right there with Van Persie, but he's a player I love and I can fully accept what you've discussed here before. I accept the arguments that he might not fit our style or Solskjaer's style. My case there is... I, even now, after a couple of months, I don't know what Solskjaer's style is, or not so much style, but in terms of formation, where you fit the baller in. So I understand that argument, but that is where I said, if I had to choose from Inter, or deal with Juventus and get the baller, I'd take the baller. I mean, yeah. he's, we lack quality anyway in the final third, so who are we to knock back quality like the baller? And at Old Trafford this year, Juventus beat us one, I think he got the goal actually. Yes. Um, he was the best, that was a pitch with Ronaldo on it, 
Dybala was player best player on the pitch. Yep. He was yep. unbelievable. I, I agree with you there. I think <clears throat> some of my doubts I've had about Dybala in the past isn't about the quality of him as a player, but more so how he fits in. Now, we know that he can play striker. We know that he can play uh, either wing. But we know his best position is as a number 10. Now, in the back end of last season, it looked like that Solskjaer preferred a 4-3-3 with Matic at the base, probably most attacking, and Herrera playing in between. So, we were linked with Dybala. I don't know if it was you know, social media rumours or whatnot, but I questioned where he'd play. I mean, I wouldn't want to do a Moyes and sign one matter. Play him out wide. Play him out wide. I, w- I wouldn't want to do that. I think there's better right wings that we could target if we're going to have the intention of doing that with Dybala. That being said, now it looks like Solskjaer wants to play a 4-2-3-1. And if that's the case, I mean... Playing the second striker just in behind. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that makes sense. But uh, I'm not convinced that he actually wants to join us. My, my, my personal view, it's still the deal is with Inter and this is just from United's side to sort of hurry up Inter and say, hey, look, we can do, potentially do, deal with Juventus if you want the, map, if you want the um, player. Hurry up. Well, that would make sense because I don't know why Juventus would want Lukaku. That is something that which hasn't been brought up often, but I agree because Ronaldo pretty much plays centrally for them. He does play. He does start on the left. He's pretty much a striker there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They still got Mandzukic and Higuain. Um, uh, I don't know how Higuain's going to fit into the setup. I thought he had a two-year loan at Chelsea. I'm, I'm shocked he's gone. But I thought he's still at Chelsea. But um, yeah, that was brought to my attention the other day that he's back in Italy. Um, yeah, so by the time you listen to this, it is probably not sorted because that's the way United do their transfer business. We'll carry on and carry on. Now, just one last one before we wrap up. One that is no clearer. It sort of gets murkier every time. Bruno Fernandes. Thoughts on him? Your thoughts on the whole situation? I'm all for it. Um, and you mentioned the goals and the assists that we'd be losing with Pogba potentially leaving. I think this deal gets done whether he stays or goes, Pogba. But if he did go and we signed Bruno Fernandes, I think you're looking at a, you know, a like, for, not like for like a player, but I, I think he'd be our best bet to replace the goals and assists that we'd be losing in selling Pogba. Well, he's, sure. well, he's a player that, if I was to look at a, a couple of years ago, no, not so much a couple of years ago, but I remember when Bernardo Silva came into Man City, and I don't want to say this because they're Port, well, it's, I suppose it is why I'm making the comparison. They're Portuguese and they somewhat look alike. When Bernardo Silva came in, I was... Uh, he's obviously a very good player. But I thought, uh, Premier League, not, not sure if he'll cut. He'll be stuck on the white, on the right a little bit. Because that's where he played for Monaco. Yeah, see how he goes. But then you got Bruno Fernandes think the same thing. Yeah, a little bit lightweight. He obviously gets forward well in Portugal. They have a lot more defensive responsibilities in England. But then I've seen what Bernardo Silva did at City. And he even he started on the right, but then he came and did that in a central area towards the end of the season. And he was arguably, I know Van Dijk swept up a lot of the awards but Bernardo Silva for me was potentially the player of the year last year he was fantastic he was unbelievable yeah. so that gives me hope not that I've seen too much of Bruno Fernandes but that style of not, not, I wouldn't say different style of players that sort of body type and a lazy comparison of Portuguese sort of thing but a lightweight type of player in the midfield Yeah. if, uh, if you've got that quality I don't think the size yeah I mean he, he plays international football for Portugal I have no concerns that his frame is going to be a problem in the Premier League. I mean, maybe initially. Maybe. Oh, no, Fred's still getting used. We don't know what's happening with Fred. Oh, yeah. It's a similar position. I mean, in terms of his size and everything, um, 
I mean, even if it is a problem initially, we've got strength and conditioning coaches. I mean, we, we can build him up a bit. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I mean, you look at David Silva, not the biggest bloke. Not, not, not the biggest bloke, but he holds his own. He's an animal in midfield for Manchester City. Well, so well, the, uh, I, I think he can definitely come in and have an, um, have an immediate impact. Yeah. Oh, no, look, as I said, when you, look, as much as I've seen him is purely just on YouTube, he scores goals. It is what counts at the end of the day. Like he does have a goal output, which is, I wouldn't say unrivaled in Europe, but especially from a midfielder. It's very impressive. My only thing with Fernandez, which I'll get your thoughts on now, do you see much in it? I, in much of the links, everything's from Portugal. There's too much. I'm not saying there's no interest. I'm sure there is interest. I'm sure there's significant interest. But there's no real... Sorry, so no, you're all right, mate. Cops. No, thank you. Yeah. They said they're a live podcast in. Someone just came to pick up the drinks. Thank you to that gentleman. Thanks, buddy. Um, well, Bruno Fernandes. There's not too much on the actual links. Everything's from Portugal. I haven't seen anything too credible from the English side. No, that's not to say there's no, no interest at all. But do you think it's something we both want it to happen? But do you think it will happen? Yes, I, I, think, I think it will happen. I know that there's not been a lot made from the English journalists. They probably don't know anything about I pretty mean, clueless most of the time when you think about it. I mean, there's been deals before that have happened without, you know, a, a lot of attention being drawn to it. It might be an idea of uh, the clubs to not brief it to the to the media so that maybe our interest can be downplayed so that we can try and get him for less. Maybe they're just trying to reduce the amount that they pay for him. I'm not too sure, but I think it happens. I mean, after their game the other day, just crying afterwards, it looked like a farewell. I mean, unless it's going to Wolves or Liverpool or something. I've heard the Wolves room. I think there will be maybe, as I said, I think it will happen now. I think it's got to the stage where I think Victor Lindelof was the same. There was a lot through the Portuguese media, not through much through the English media, and eventually happened. It does look like it will happen, but I think over the coming days or coming weeks, well, not weeks, as I said, the window closes soon. Over the coming days, there might be links with our Wolves and a Liverpool. I think that might just be hurry up, you know, and start spending the money. Could be, but I have no doubt that Liverpool won him. Oh, I mean, by the time you listen to this, Bruno Fernandes is probably holding up a Liverpool shirt and making us look like oh. <laughs> real idiots. Actually, <laughs> Liverpool signed anyone? Not to touch on them too much. I don't think they have. The Sunday young guy. No. Don't think he's got a big name or anything. Okay, just... he, he might be like 17 or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so while everyone's moaning about transfers as much as we are, besides Arsenal, no one's really... City signed Rodri. Yep. Um, so, potentially... I, I like what Tottenham have done with Ndombele. Yeah. I mean, well, we, we Dabar, about, Dabar is also about, linked with Tottenham. Yeah. No, I don't see that, but I, I think he blows their wage bill uh, yeah. out of the ceiling if, if he makes that move. Can't see that happening. Um, to go back to Pogba real quickly, I mean, I said that at the beginning of the transfer window, it would have been ideal to replace him. <clears throat> Ndombele would have been one of the guys I replaced him with, 100%. They paid, what, £55 million for him? I mean, you get him, you get Bruno Fernandes, you're looking at, what, 125, 130 million. Say we get 150, we've still got 20 left over. All right, here's one, just to wrap up the transfer situation, here's one for you. We don't sign the midfielder, we don't sign Bruno Fernandes, we don't sign Savage, and our transfer window closes August the 8th. Mm-hmm. The European window is still open. Mm-hmm. Teams can still buy Paul Pogba. Do you sell him or do you keep him? Whoa. I think that's a good question. Not, not to talk up my interviewing skills but I think that's on the money that's a challenging question <laughs> uh, no in that in that instance I'd probably keep it because 
If that happens, we're looking at a midfield of yeah. Matic, McTominay, Fred, Pereira. Andreas Pereira, fifth choice James Garner. I really like James Garner, but he's not at the level to be fifth choice yet, I don't think. If we go into a midfield with only four recognised... If we go into a season with only four recognised senior midfielders, we're toast. Yeah. We need to make additions. Um, right now, with who we have, we don't have enough, in my opinion, so we need to be adding... If we lose Pogba and don't add anyone, I mean, we won't even finish in the top half. I don't really want that. I mean, it, it might be good for forcing the Glazers out or something like that. There might be a, a silver lining to it, possibly. But it'd be a really, really miserable season if we didn't bring any new midfielders in and we got rid of Paul Pogba. Well, I'm sure there is. As I say, there's only 10 or so days left, and I'm sure... <coughs> I'm sure this Harry Maguire thing will be sorted very soon. Fingers crossed, Bruno Fernandes. I'm sure there'll be a few outs. I'm sure Lukaku, Damian, maybe one, hopefully one or two others. So I'm sure there will be a lot to talk about on the next podcast. Anything you want to add before we wrap up? Not too no, much? Not, not too really. Much. I think we covered a fair bit here. Covered a fair bit. Um, now, just before we go, I'll just wrap up. As I said, this is our first guest on the podcast, who so we'll definitely have on again in the future. Um, however, we did record a few podcasts in Perth, um, but I haven't released them yet. One will come out on, I don't know, maybe the weekend, Friday or Saturday. I did a podcast on the day of the Leeds match in Perth. We are at the pre-match event and we spoke to a few guys from the Perth branch and then sort of had a little bit of chat on the way um, to the game against Leeds and at half-time and at full-time, etc. So that'll come out on the weekend and also the podcast I did with Stephen Housen he currently he still has the file and he's just working on one or two of the audio issues we had. Um, I told him he should have just trusted my old iPhone, not his really <laughs> fancy bit of microphone equipment. But there you have it. So for our first guest, an absolute pleasure to have Nick on. Thanks, Tom. Thanks now, for having me. Make sure you follow on United Down Under. On a, As you said at the start of the podcast, we'll leave all the links on all the... We'll tag everything in social media. But please go give him a listen and a follow. And... Um, yeah, no pleasure to have you on. Cheers, mate. Pleasure to be here. Next time. Thank you. Cheers. And Solskjaer has won it. And you've heard that somewhere before. What a night for Manchester United.